Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, if you would, here. We'll take just these last few minutes. Uh, this, uh, while you're doing that, let me, uh, Alexander, where are you in your, because uh, when you're here, we ought to make sure the folks know to pray for you, because you have a very tight time limit on raising funds here for going. So, where are you? So, uh, where do you think you are at this point? He needs some real miracles. Would you really pray about that? He doesn't look as rich as he looked in that picture. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that hat and those glasses. And the way, well, you couldn't see the whole car, so it looked like a hot rod. It certainly is not, you know. I'm thinking, man, wait until that gets back to Ghana, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I just, I got so tickled with that, so. Yeah, all right. That's right. Back to Romans 8. But I wanted you to do uh, do pray for your uh, fellow students. I mean, they're right in the middle uh, of a very key time in their lives, and we'll miss uh, Alexander as he goes. But this is what it's all about. You'll have to go visit Ghana. That'll be a blessing. And uh, Aquila, Pastor Aquila, should be back here here in the next little bit. Uh, that'll be great. I want some of you to get to meet him from the same ministry there. He graduated from both college and seminary, and uh, so that's exciting. The world talks a lot about self-image, and of course it has a wrong concept. It's looking at who we are from a totally human standpoint, and that's why people are so depressed, <clears throat> because if you really look at who you are, you're going to get discouraged, and there's all these, uh, every bookstore is just filled with uh, self-help books. But for a believer, we can live encouraged 24-7 if we understand who we are in Christ. We need to have a spiritual self-image, not on the basis of who we are humanly, but who we are positionally and actually in Christ. And so uh, we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, and uh, we are identified with Him. And folks, you hear this a lot, but you've got to get a hold of that. If that is still a mystery to you, that's one thing you need to sit on until the Spirit of God just clarifies that in your heart. Because it will change everything about your desire to be approved and to be accepted and to try to achieve and to try to have a good self-image. It will help you overcome that and bring great peace even about the negative parts of your life in which you're still growing, you realize God's working because our worth is in Christ. Mars says, a Christian is a man in Christ. Therefore, he is not a man on earth looking up to heaven, but a man in heaven looking down on earth. I mean, we are in the one who is at the right hand of the Father. Now, we as believers have a great identity and a great inheritance. Now, a lot of worldly people uh, look forward to the inheritance that they're going to get from their parents. And uh, in fact, uh, there's uh, some people try to get it prematurely by knocking them off and things like that. But anyway, uh, they hope that they'll inherit a lot. <clears throat> but often their hopes are disappointed. One of the richest men that ever lived was Cecil Rhodes. 
and he lived in South Africa. Actually, he was an Englishman, but he went to South Africa for health reasons. He lived from 1853 to 1902. And he hit there just at the right time and amassed a great fortune in diamond mining. He died when he was only 49 years of age. And uh, his family thought for sure they had a great inheritance. The only problem was almost all of it he gave to the establishment of the famous Rhodes Scholarship. And you've heard of, uh, of that scholarship. And his brother, who when the disappointing news reached him, said, well, there it is. It seems I have to win a scholarship <laughs> uh, to get it. But that's not the way it is with us. You have an inheritance. Now, I want to say this carefully, but you're somebody. You are really somebody. Right now, if I could have one of the angels here and ask him to tell you who you are biblically, they would, he would say, you have the very inheritance of the one that he worships and serves. And that is, a, it's an amazing thing. So in Romans chapter 8, we'll look at just two verses quickly, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit itself, himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. First of all, God's children are heirs of God. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Remember, 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 your assurance of salvation does not come from your performance. It comes from the Word of God looking to the one who has provided salvation. And you place your faith in Him and the Spirit of God will continue to take the Word if you're by faith looking to the Word and just put that deep in your heart. And, uh, and so uh, that is so important. Uh, in Galatians 4, 6, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of the Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. But my point is this, is not about assurance, but we ought to understand the Spirit of God will continue to tell you who you are if you're walking with Him. You have a tendency to feel inadequate. You're going to have a tendency to feel uh, like you don't compare to other people and you start getting self-focused. You get very much looking at just the human situation. But if you will spend time with the Lord, the Spirit of God will take identity truths and He'll get it all set back again straight in your mind who you are. I like to go over just all of the different positions that I have in Christ. Every morning I do that. When I'm praising the Lord and going through that and then uh, just looking at these great truths, it just stirs your heart. Because we know our weakness. We know we deserve God's judgment. But we are what we are by the work that Christ did. The 19th century British pastor Billy Bray seemed never to lack that inner testimony. I mean, he was excited. He had been converted from a life of drunken debauchery while reading John Bunyan's Visions of Heaven and Hell. He was so continuously overjoyed by uh, God's grace and goodness that he said, I can't help praising the Lord. As I go along the street, I lift up one foot and it seems to say, Glory! And I lift up the other and it seems to say, Amen! And so they keep on like that all the time as I'm walking. <laughs> but that's right. Glory. Amen. Uh, it must be so sad uh, for the Lord to see us down in the dumps when we have all that we have. And, uh, but the Spirit of God, what I'm trying to say is you let the Spirit of God speak to you 
Yes, he convicts and convinces, but he wants to get you back on the ground of who you are. He wants you to stay encouraged. He's going to cause you to say hallelujah, glory, amen. You're going to just wake up. I mean, honestly, that, when you start feeling that coming on, you can shake that off spiritually in a moment if you get back on the ground of truth. And the Spirit of God will say amen. He will do it. I've had that happen over and over. One of the best things you can do is develop the habit of short-circuiting that down in the dumps thinking. Because that's self-focused. And say, I'm not going there. That's wrong. Spirit of God, deliver me. And He will because He said so. He is in our inner man. You know, I love that, the fact that we can call Him Abba Father. And I've been in the marketplaces and in Arab areas and in Jewish areas, and you hear, Abba, Abba, from the little, little children calling out to their dad. And I, every time I think of that is, Abba, Father, you are his child. Therefore, if you're his child, you're part, you, you are a co-heir with Christ. You, have, uh, you are part of the Father's inheritance. Uh, Galatians 4, 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, I like this, what H.A. Ironside said. If children, since the children of God, it naturally follows that we are His heirs, and thus we are joint heirs with Christ. We share in all His acquired glories, so we shall eventually be glorified together. If you're His child, you are going to get the inheritance. But it isn't a little part of an inheritance, and this is what you got to get a hold of. In the arithmetic of earth, uh, each heir receives an equal share of the inheritance, and you only get a certain fraction. But heaven is not under the limits of earth. Every, every child of God will receive the full inheritance with the Son because God's infinite. I want you to get this, and I don't understand it. But you get the full inheritance that Jesus Christ has. Wow. Now you look at what, you know, the son of a billionaire, you think, man, what an inheritance. Or it used to be the royal line of different, you know, he's the one that's going to inherit that position and all of that. That's peanuts compared to who you are. I mean, you look at Revelation 1 and see the majesty of Jesus Christ and His, and then you go through the book of Revelation and see Him displayed in His glory on the throne. You are a co-heir with that wonderful, powerful Savior. Now, God's children then uh, need to rejoice in the fact that Christ is the heir of all things. He won the victory. Hebrews 1, 2 hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, who He hath appointed heir of all things. He's appointed Him heir as the God-man, by whom also He made the worlds, Jesus made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so, Jesus Christ... As is the heir of all things. He will sit on the throne and receive the title deed to the universe because of the victory of the cross. Just reading today in the Bible reading on the cross and when he uh, uh, cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What happened at that moment was amazing. 
And uh, I mean, Satan was defeated. All the curse that came because of the fall had been overcome, and Jesus won the victory, the triumph that he gained. Folks, he has spoiled the enemy, and we are the partakers of that great inheritance. So he is the heir of all things. Now listen to me. That means then you're the heir of all things. That's just mind-boggling, isn't it? We can't even... But honestly, don't, don't live for wealth now. Really concerns me that so many Christians brought up in Christian homes are out prefer, uh, pursuing professional directions. Well, I'll serve the Lord, but my friends, you are going to have a, an inheritance that I can't even begin to describe right now the one that has commissioned us to go, that's giving us that, we're identified with, we ought to have just the joy uh, unspeakable of just serving him and not living for any kind of inheritance here on this earth. And we've got to really watch that. It really grieves me. I can tell you right now, there are there's tens of thousands of fundamental young people coming out of Christian homes that I would say the vast majority are called to go around the world to preach the gospel, and they're not. And they're investing in an economy that is broken and will eventually bust. Do you realize you're making a good choice? Because uh, I wouldn't have any confidence in this economy at all. Who knows what God will do? He can prop things up, but he can let it go in a moment. We're a wicked country. And so... uh, uh, we need to realize we are the heir of all things. And we receive all that Christ receives. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in the heavenlies in Christ. Ironside says, If children of God, it naturally follows that we are His heirs, and thus we are joined heirs with Christ. I read that, then we share in all His acquired glories. And that means that we share in it right now. The blessing of heaven can be yours right now if you get a hold of this. But see, that selfish perspective and that desire to try to make it ourselves and an insecurity we have robs us of the fullness of what Christ has gained for us there in his work on the cross. But here's the one thing, and I'll finish with this. You notice that last little part of verse 17. If so be that we suffer with him. Now we have the inheritance. This is not conditional on the inheritance. But the glorification and the greater the glorification will be based upon suffering. Because we on this earth are willing to be identified with Christ. Now you get to heaven. Wow, identification with him is going to mean everything. Isn't it tragic we're not willing to identify with him now? And this is where we we miss it because we don't like to suffer. We don't like to knock on a door. We don't like to stand for righteousness among peers. We're afraid to speak forth the truth at times because the consequences. In John 15, there just before the cross, the Lord taught them on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. John 15, 20, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me.
it's going to happen. That's part of the inheritance. And the great joy of that is Colossians 1.24, who now rejoice, Paul's saying, in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. All that he was going through was enabling him to have the mind of Christ, to die to all of those selfish ambitions that marked his life before his salvation. And God was able to give him truth that was filling up that which was behind for God's people so that we have this, the epistles in the Word of God, because he was able to learn that great position he had in Christ and he saw the spiritual inheritance as the thing that was most critical and he was thrilled about what God was doing. And so we need to rejoice in those sufferings. And folks, it does make a difference for eternity. And again, I don't know how it all plays out. I do know the judgment seat is a real judgment seat. And I do know that those, for instance in Revelation 20, who have been beheaded for the witness of Christ, and especially during the tri tribulation, have not worshipped the beast, not received uh, the mark of the new currency on his uh, forehead, I said that that way because that's what they're talking about right now, will reign with Christ a thousand years. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. I don't know. I want to be very careful exactly what to say. It does make a difference at the judgment seat. It does make a difference in the kingdom. It does make a difference for eternity. Now, God doesn't judge us. But my friends appreciating who he is and understanding uh, understanding all that he's given to us. We are debtors. And we need to realize that we're, we are citizens of heaven and we're living for eternity. And so first of all, you need to rejoice in your inheritance. You are somebody because of Christ. Don't let Satan get you down. Yes, you've got problems, but God's ready to solve that. He's, got, he's given you the Spirit. He's given you the Word. You have all that you need. You can have victory. And God wants to bless you with all the great spiritual blessings that we will have in heaven. And so we must rejoice in that, but that ought to drive us to say, I have all of that then. Why should I live for myself now? I need to marvel in His goodness and, and understand that my life is His. I am bought with a price and therefore I'm going to so identify with Him that I'm going to understand who He is by the fact that at times I'll have to suffer. Don't be afraid. You've heard message after message saying, well, this next generation is going to go through it. Who knows? They said that to my generation, by the way. I sort of wish we could have. Uh, be honest with you. I'm a little jealous of you all. Uh, but um, I'm not done yet, though. I may have to go through it with you, okay? You'll have to prop me alone, but I'm, I'll, I'll go through it. I, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to probably not be in a place that I would have a, potentially to go to jail. Now I'm not so sure that that might not be a possibility. And, uh, but that's okay, because if we, if we live for him, we're going to suffer with him. And so it just puts it all together if you think eternally. So today, just think of that British evangelist. Raise the foot up and it says glory. Put the other one up and it says amen. Just realize, I am a 
co-heir with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I am thankful for him. I'm not ashamed of him. And I'm going to live for him. Isn't it great being a Christian? Let's let every bit of that come together in the choices that we make in our life.